Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. It was just a simple advertisement, and for a game, no less. There was absolutely nothing illegal or dangerous about it. And yet, here they were, sitting across the table from a pair of FBI agents. The product in question was a pretty simple dice game. And with the Christmas season approaching, the company had decided to run a few ads in the biggest city in America, all of them scattered throughout one single issue of The New Yorker. All of them were small and square, sort of like an Instagram post, and each one told interested buyers to refer to the main advertisement on page 86. The game had been created by a company called Monarch Publishing, and the ad had been written by one of their executives, a man named Roger Paul Craig. He and his wife had spent hours trying to craft the text of the main ad, which touched on the approaching holiday season and all of the things people might have to do to be ready. The trouble wasn't in the text, though. It was in the artwork. At the bottom of the large ad on page 86 was the big, bold title of the game, The Deadly Double. Beneath it was an emblem of a bird with outstretched wings, four talons, and two heads. It's what's known as an armorial device, a sort of coat of arms used for identifying individuals and groups. This particular symbol was the spitting image of the double eagle used by the Byzantine Empire, Ivan the Terrible, and, more recently, Nazi Germany. Add in the fact that the title of the ad included the German word Achtung, which means danger, and it was a curious pairing for sure. And that's probably what drew the attention of the investigators, but it certainly wasn't the only thing they were worried about. The bigger problem, it seems, was inside each of the smaller ads. Each of those were identical, and they showed a pair of dice in action. It's hand-drawn and has a classy tone, but the items in the ad are a bit more mysterious. One of the dies showed three sides, revealing three distinct numbers, 12, 24, and the Roman numeral 20. The other die showed the reader 5, 0, and 7. So as Roger Paul Craig and his wife sat across the table from the FBI agents, they were starting to get nervous. The numbers, according to the investigators, were significant, and that wasn't a good thing. 20, they said, was awfully close to the latitude line where Pearl Harbor sat. The 12 and 7 looked a lot like December 7th, the date of that infamous attack, and the 05 could very well have been 0500 hours, the original planned start time of the attack on Pearl Harbor. But so what? It wasn't illegal to place historical details in an advertisement. Yes, it would be in poor taste, sure, over 2,400 lives were lost in the Battle of Pearl Harbor, so it's probably not the best subject matter for a dice game looking for gangbuster Christmas sales. 
But the trouble wasn't the subject matter. It was the timing. You see, the ad that Monarch Publishing placed in The New Yorker was published in November, on the 22nd, in fact. November of 1941, 16 days before Pearl Harbor was attacked. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's easy to take computers for granted these days. They do so much for us. They allow us to break barriers and create new forms of art and expression and take selfies with birds flying around our heads. Important stuff, clearly, but they haven't always been so small. Take the Apollo Guidance Computer. It was built by MIT and used by NASA in 1969 for their Apollo 11 mission. And that's the one that put the first humans on the moon. Each one weighed 50 pounds and was the size of a piece of carry-on luggage. But they worked. We landed people on the freaking moon, after all. 
As crazy as it might sound, though, the mobile phone in your pocket is more powerful than that NASA computer. 32,000 times faster, in fact. You see, computers have a tendency to get smaller and more powerful over time. Go back far enough, and some of the earliest electrical computers were massive and slow. ENIAC is a great example. It filled up an entire room. But in 1946, it was a supercomputer. There's another old computer worth mentioning, though. It's not electrical, but by definition, computers are nothing more than machines that can be programmed to carry out specific tasks. Calculators, calendars, counting devices, that sort of thing. Charles Babbage is the big name in that field, thanks to the calculator he built in 1822. It was all gears and levers, but it did its job nicely. And so did this other one. Like a lot of old computers, it's not in the best of shape today. But when it was brand spanking new, it focused on astronomy. Want to know when the next eclipse was going to be? This computer would tell you. The lunar cycle? You're covered. People could even program it to track the time between special, regular, occurring social events. It was brilliant. But here's where it gets weird. This computer is older than Babbage's 1822 device, and yet it's smaller than NASA's Apollo guidance computers, which seems to fly in the face of how useful and advanced it really was for the time. You see, this computer wasn't crafted in the workshop of an English mechanic or in an MIT lab. It was built so long ago that we forgot about it in the first place. But in 1900, some men found it and handed it over to people who might know what to do with such a powerful device. Those men were sponge divers. They found the computer underwater, just off the coast of the Greek island of Antikythera. And it hadn't been there since the 1800s, or even the 1700s. According to the archaeologists who have studied it over the course of the past century, this computer is much older. It was built over 2,000 years ago. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.